hold each other accountable. That is the topic for today's show, Player Coach, and that's what we're going to be focusing on, how to hold people accountable. There's one thing, asking questions, getting people bought in, get them aligned with the game plan, but if you don't hold them accountable, it's just fluff. So how do you have those eyeball-to-eyeball conversations and make sure that you are holding people accountable? That is a game changer. Let me know what you think. Email me, andrew at andrewsilito.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Welcome to the Player Coach Podcast. For tips on how to grow your business, strengthen your team, and increase revenue, all while you work more efficiently and enjoy better work-life balance. You can learn our unique player coach system for free by heading over to playercoach.com. So far, we've talked about having a game plan. We've talked about the ask, don't tell law around embracing and engaging people. We've talked about creating leaders, so investing in your leaders. And we've talked about having a good process in place so that you can fail fast and learn quick. And these are great. But in my experience, these are actually quite useless without accountability. It kind of undoes all the work. And the biggest problem I see with accountability is avoiding it, is avoiding holding people accountable because it feels clunky. It feels like we are kind of moving into this sort of parental mode where we might feel like we're telling people off when we hold people accountable. But actually, what we're doing is we're setting boundaries. I've often talked about holding people accountable. And what I've learned over the years is that in a high-performing team is when you create an environment where people hold each other accountable. I mentioned an exercise earlier around behaviors. And for me, accountability is probably more around mindset and behavior or holding people accountable against their behaviors than it is making a bad pass or you know, a bad play. And for me, it's the same in business. You know, someone makes a bad sales call or they, they made a mistake, which was more skill-related. But if it's a behavioral thing that keeps repeating itself, then I think we need to hold people accountable against that. But for most part, people don't know what those behaviors are until we discuss them. And I mentioned an exercise earlier where we talked about above the line and below the line. And for me, as a, as a coach, as a, as a business owner, that has been the, the biggest catalyst for change is when you start to agree, okay, what are the behaviors that I'm going to see that are going to help you achieve your goal? And that goal should obviously help our business right? So, or your business. And, and what behaviors do we not want to see that are going to hinder that, that are going to hold us back? You know, how would you show up in a way which would stop you from achieving your goal? And when we have those types of conversations on an individual level or on a team level, then we start to agree what those boundaries are. We start to see people in the team say, hey, I think that was below the line. In fact, it's written on the flip chart there because we agreed it last week in the workshop. And there's no hiding that, right? And when you have that and you see your people holding each other accountable, whether it's, hey, I think we should be, because we agreed it, it's not a rule necessarily, but we agreed it, that we would be in the office by this time doing our work. Or we would make sure that we all finish at a certain time because we want work-life balance. Or whatever it is, you're agreeing those rules and whatever those rules are for you. And those behaviors should be conducive to achieving the vision. It should be aligned to that vision, right? So the, the negative ones should be aligned to making it not happen. And the positive ones should be aligned to making it happen. So when we agree that, it makes it much easier for the, the leader, the player coach, who is, as we know, focused on so many different things, to one, 
have tough conversations with people when they are behaving below the line, which we already said has been agreed, but also to acknowledge when people are going above and beyond in a way. You know, so not only are we just holding people accountable against their actions, but also being able to praise them against these behaviors. But they have to be in place first. So when I see coaches and leaders do this in business, they we've mentioned this a few times already, you create that psychological safety that we've talked about. We see people on the team holding each other accountable and challenging each other around this. We see performance follow because performance is related to behavior. You know, if the behaviors, well, the behaviors drive performance. So we know that there is a relationship correlation between the two. And when I've seen leaders not put this in place, when they don't have those boundaries, it's just chaos. And they don't have the permission to hold someone accountable because they've not agreed it in the first place. So have a think about what you're doing. Are you, are you avoiding those conversations? Do you have behaviors in place that you can hold the mirror up to people and say, hey, is this what we agreed? Do you have clear actions in place for your people and your team to follow up on, to say, hey, this is what we talked about in our one-to-one, in our mentoring conversation or in our bench coaching conversation. This is what you said I would see. And are we seeing it? And being able to have a, an eye-to-eye conversation about these things. And the irony is that the player coach wants to avoid that conversation. But actually, the person that's on the receiving end of it often is very grateful for it because it says that you care and you're acknowledging me and you're hearing me. And even though I messed up, I'm grateful that you've given me the chance to improve. So don't avoid those conversations because you'll be, it's your legacy and people will remember you for holding them accountable. What we know is that behavior drives performance, right? So if we were to split performance into three areas, skills, knowledge, stroke experience, and attitude or stroke behavior. You know, there's three components. We drew a Venn diagram. That was what would drive performance. But the rule of thumb is that if we split those between percentages and allocate percentages to skills, knowledge, and behavior, the rule of thumb is that it's 10% for skills, 10% for knowledge. Because you could have all the skills and knowledge in the world, but if you don't have the right set of behaviors, which is 80% of what we do, then that would be wasted. And we see so many top performers waste a career, waste the opportunity to really evolve in their career or waste a talent on the sports field because regardless of their skills and knowledge and experience, the behavior is not there. And I think our role as leaders is to help people recognize that. People can only change themselves, but we can help them understand that. We can raise some awareness of that behavior. So when it comes to accountability, for me, that is the, the most important part, that we are holding people accountable. We're holding each other accountable against our behaviors. And then the skills and the experience follow, rather than trying to fix the skill. And actually, it's probably more of a mindset or a behavioral thing that we need to, to address. One of the things I've observed when the player coach avoids these conversations is that they end up spending a lot of time and a lot of effort trying to fix the problem. You know, it's draining. You've not created the boundaries. It's like you feel yourself constantly telling people off, which is what you don't want to be doing, right? Because you've not set the rules. You've not agreed the rules as a team. So you find yourself kind of doing things like, well, if they're not going to do it, I'll just do it myself. There's no point in me training this person up or teaching them how to do it because I haven't got the time. I'll do it. It'd be faster for me to do it. 
because they're not listening. And actually, again, it, it always comes back to what is it I'm doing or not doing as the player coach that's causing that behavior. So that's a, a really important thing to consider as to why you should be having these conversations with people and, and driving that accountability. So these conversations can feel clunky, but they are, there's a skill attached to it. You know, there's, you get better at having these conversations. It, you start to embrace them because you realize that by holding people accountable, they start to enjoy the conversation more. You'll start to enjoy it. You'll start to see improvement and you'll get better at it. And the more you get better at these conversations, the more that they will appreciate you. And this is your legacy. These are the conversations that people remember forever. So get out there and, and hold your people accountable. Thank you for joining me on the Player Coach Podcast. For more tools and techniques on how to thrive as a player coach, head over to playercoach.com, access the free training, and sign up for one of our free webinars. My name is Andrew Silito, founder of the Player Coach Blueprint, and we are delighted to have shared with you how to succeed from the sidelines. I'll see you next time.